Boom Boom needs to blow off a little steam? Well, what a coincidence. Steam is what I named my... Welcome to a special Summer Comics Update episode of the Mutant Musings Podcast. It's August 2020, and we'll be discussing new comics. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my amazing baby... Patty! Here's your reminder to leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. And follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. I said follow us, not swallow us. No, don't actually try to swallow your earbuds. They may have strings attached. And mutant musings supports deep throating, but only with no strings attached. And speaking of mutant musings... Do not listen to mutant musings if you are allergic to mutant musings. Allergic reactions can include teeny-weeny, loose caboose, stressed breast, unethical testicles, and South Carolina vagina. But if you have 30 or more days of toxic crotch a month, get to infusing the musing and you'll be losing that oozing. There's your explicit content warning. That was a great intro. Thank you. Was it? Yeah. I feel like you just you just say that to make me feel good about my stupid writing. No, I like it. Really? Yeah. The only thing I was super proud of in there was South Carolina vagina. <laughs> because that is a thing that actually exists. Is it? Did you know that? No. South Carolina vagina is a thing. It applies to those who live in South Carolina and have a <laughs> vagina. That sounds like a lot of people. Do we have any... I don't even, I don't know what the population of South Carolina is, but there is a certain percentage of the population that does suffer from South Carolina vagina. Do we have any listeners from South Carolina? I mean, not anymore, but like up until this point, have we had listeners from South Carolina? Can you let us know before you click unsubscribe? (laughs) (laughs) What was that other one called? Uh, oh, I was thinking Cat Scratch Fever. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Cat Scratch Fever. <laughs> That's a song by yep. someone. It's a song by somebody, and then Pantera covered it. Pantera covered it? Yeah, you didn't know that? I didn't That's know that. That's the only reason I know that song. It was by, like, a country guy or something? I don't know. That makes sense. It sounds like a country song. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing, Patty? I'm, uh, I'm alive. <laughs> That's I'm, good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, um... I've come to realize that the show Parks and Recreation is basically um, an informational guide to working in the government, in local government, because everybody is literally that stupid. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's fun. I have to deal with, uh, you know, my share of idiots every day, mm-hmm. and uh, my coworker isn't going to be there next week, but she said I can bother her whenever I want, so I'm going to take her up on that okay you should give out her number to the local idiot (laughs) you know this this lady uh said that she needed to talk to her and i said well she's not here for the day and it's friday so you're gonna have to wait and she was like well doesn't she have a cell phone and i was like oh my god yes but i'm not going to give you her cell phone number That's insane. Yeah. I can't believe so yeah, many... this is this is one of the women that calls us all the time because um she's like really far behind on her taxes. So like I guess she just came into agreement with the bank that like if she pays a set amount each month then her house won't get taken away. So <laughs> yeah, she calls us a bunch. She shows up a bunch and when she shows up, she's there talking to us for at least like twenty minutes, even if there's like a line of people behind her. And I'm kind of like, excuse me, can I let, can I help the people behind you? 
And she's like, oh, I didn't notice. And I'm like, yep, oh, I can tell. Didn't. Yeah, of course not. People over here are a little entitled. A little? A little. Just a smidge. So, um, yeah, that's going okay. But I might be, uh, they might be uh, letting me go to these classes so I can get this coworker's job because she's old and she's not doing well health-wise. So I'm hoping for that because it makes a lot of money. You're hoping for the old nope. woman who's nope. not doing health-wise <laughs> to uh, dot, dot, dot? What? To retire. Uh-huh. Permanently. No, she's... <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's a nice lady, and I like her. I miss her. She hasn't been in the office since, like, March because she's a uh, high risk. So she's been working from home. So, yeah, I miss her. I don't know if she'll ever be back before she retires or uh-huh. she's just going to work from home until then. I don't know. <laughs> or until the cold grip of death comes for her, you know? Whichever one comes first, I'm all right with it don't as long as mean. I get that money. I'm not being mean, Patty. I'm just saying what you're thinking. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah, I'm staying over with Jonathan for a while. Good. I'm, I'm only getting scolded from my parents uh, via phone and uh, not every day. So that's something. Because I got into a big fight with my family. Yeah. Because I asked them to not say the N-word, and then uh, I got slapped. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my life. Yeah. Sometimes the apple does fall far from the tree, which is which is good, you know? Yeah, I fucking You're I hate apple. that tree. I'm going to set it on fire. No, let's not burn <laughs> anybody or their property. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting how we uh, we both come from very far right households but neither of us turned out that way but i'm happy for that me too yeah all right all right let's talk about some comics uh all right so yeah so we're gonna talk about uh a few new comics it's it's been a while since we have done so yeah comics the the comic release schedule is sort of back to normal now for the most part uh we're not making this a, a regular thing but there were a couple that came out and i was like oh you know since things are sort of back to normal yeah, let's let's pick a few and talk about it. I them. think it's also funny that it lined up that when we decided to stop talking about comics, that's when um, new comics stopped coming out. Yeah. So we're influencers. We, we can uh, create a conspiracy theory here if you sure. guys want to spread it that we are actually, in fact, in charge of Marvel Comics. Uh, we're actually uh, both jointly the CEOs. We are so. the shadow government. Yes. Uh, behind Marvel Comics. Yes. Yeah. Jonathan Hickman answers to me. <laughs> all right we're gonna talk about new mutants 11 yeah 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 that was a book that came out yeah well that sounds rude <laughs> <laughs> yeah i very much like this issue i had a couple of um slight problems with it yeah but for the most part i liked it i feel like you know it's it's been a while but i feel like we talked about the last couple of issues I know I've been raving on social media about um, the art because of this character, Tashi, uh, the Nightmare Girl. Uh, and it's because it's been so beautiful and creative, the things that Flaviano and uh, Carlos Lopez have done with the art in this book. Uh, and so this is sort of uh, the conclusion to this particular storyline. So, you know, we left off with uh, the team getting Wildside to help with this uh, nightmare situation because most of the new mutants are trapped in this uh, nightmare bubble that Tashi has inadvertently created. You know, Armor was sort of protecting some of the members inside the nightmare bubble. That's what I call my nightmare bubble. What? What's that you- wasn't the joke. <laughs> <laughs> nightmare bubble is what I call my lady parts. Oh, Patty. Why? Why? <laughs> 
Yeah, did you, did you miss doing this? Because I, I miss doing this. Yeah, I miss this little rapport that we have. Here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so so unfortunately, um, you know, Tashi managed to penetrate, <laughs> penetrate the the armor armor, and uh, yeah, so armor seeing her dead family, and it, and it's really sad. And uh, Mondo manages to grab onto some of it, and he absorbs it, and he manages to get Wild Side to to touch. Because that's that's the idea. Get his fucking claws in there so he can secrete his little fucking mind control stuff and he can, like, you know, turn this nightmare into not a nightmare. That was a sentence. And I thought this was funny. So outside, you know, fucking uh, the Carnelian cops have come and uh, the new mu- some of the new mutants are outside and they're trying to stop the cops. And so you have Danny Rain and Tabby and uh, one of them yells in Russian and Tabby is like, says to, says to Rain, he said you have dog breath. Maybe you should try to pop a mint every once in a while. And Rain was like, he did not say that. And Tabby's like, he did. He's very rude. And then they <laughs> shot at them. Yeah. And that was rude. Tabby's like, see, they are rude. Yeah, they're very rude. So, so yeah. So we get back to the art and there's all the nightmare and the snakes and like all this shit. And it's just wonderful and scary and beautiful. And I love it. And then once Wildside actually touches Tashi, everything, you turn the page, big splash page, everything's fucking cute and happy. There's a happy little Colossus, happy little Black Widow. I'm sure that there are other nods to Eastern European culture, <laughs> but I don't know Eastern Europe or culture. Wow. So, Patty, why don't you tell me, since you hail from Eastern Europe, <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you tell us a little bit about what should have been on that page? Um, it's a lot of pierogies and <laughs> racism. <laughs> and everybody smells like onions. Thank you for sharing, for sharing your history. You're welcome. With, That's with my us. culture. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that was adorable. That was, that was really adorable. And so the prime minister was there. He's got this guy filming. All the cops are surrounding everyone. Everyone that was trapped in the nightmare bubble, they're they're out now. Everybody's okay. Everybody's safe, but they're all like wiped out. They can't fight. It like took everything out of them. Boom Boom wants to fight, and then you know fucking she argues with Danny, and then Ilyana teleports in and yells at the Carnelians. Mutants came to help you, and you point weapons at them, and she teleports everyone out of there, and everybody's okay. Uh, so apparently, according to a uh, healer, uh, there's this anesthetic that is in the new mutants. It's a form of Tashi's mutant power. And, and I loved how when the healer starts talking about Tashi, that Karma interrupts and says that she took the name Cosmar. And I immediately went to my trusty friend Google. And my trusty friend Google said that those letters, that that is Romanian for nightmare. And that's wonderful. Her body produces this anesthetic as she sleeps. And it's like her body wants to stay sleeping. And we get a Boom Boom's diary, which I thought was funny. There was nothing too too super important in there. But it just made me think that back in the day, Boom Boom definitely had a Zanga. I did. Everyone's <laughs> my family's computer. Thanks. <laughs> Do you think that uh, this anesthetic thing that's in the new mutants is going to come back later? No. Okay. I think we're going to forget about it. End of here. discussion. <laughs> <laughs> no, why? Did you think something was going to happen with it? Yes. I think that's why they mentioned it. Why? Do, what do you think is going to happen? I feel like maybe uh, they're going to get ambushed and uh, they're not going to be able to use their powers or their powers are going to be wonky or something. Do you, uh, do you think that the anesthetic is going to stay in them? Yeah, for Healer, a while. Healer made it sound like it, it would run its course. They needed to drink a lot of fluids. And Boom Boom was like, oh, that's no problem. And Healer's like, non-alcoholic fluids. And she was like, sucks for you. Yeah, seriously. 
Uh, but yeah, no, I thought it was going to come back, but maybe not. I wonder if they could. No, no, no. Because uh, you, you, when you say that, I'm thinking like, I don't know. Maybe the new mutants could make that into a weapon somehow. If if Tashi can't come and fight or something, I don't know. Maybe they can fucking splash some anesthetic onto onto some of the villains. Or they could bring Leech with them. Yeah, they could do that too. They could do that too. Yeah, like that. Uh, one time Leech was chilling with Hazmat that one day, and that was really sweet. From Avengers Academy. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I don't remember that. You don't remember that? No. I remember when you were reading that and you brought up that issue um, that he accompanied her. And she, like, saw her family and her family was, like, being racist towards Leech. And then she ended up leaving and crying. And it was sad. You that sounds like my family. You don't... Oh, <laughs> Am I Leech in this situation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then, then we see that... that Cosmar is in this, like, little fucking tube, and she's got, like, you know, fucking, like, these little Krakoan vines on her head. And she's clearly, she's stuck in this form. This wasn't just, like, you know, her nightmare, like, warping her own appearance. This is actually just what she looks like now. I can't imagine. You know, a fucking, her anxiety, her, the way she looks. You know, I mean, imagine if this happened before Krakoa. She would have been, like, one of the Morlocks. She would have been picked on. She would have been bullied. She probably would have been beaten. And it's just, like, really, really sad. Like, this poor fucking girl didn't ask for any of this. And, you know, even, like, with the people who are trying to help her, like, they're still, they still, she can't control her powers. They can't control it. So they're keeping her in a tube. And I think it was Maxime was trying to keep her uh, calm. You know, Madden's like, oh, I could rewrite her memories. You know, she forgets her dead parents because she killed her fucking parents, too. And Danny's like, no, 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 we can't, we can't do that. Um, so I, I don't know. I just, I felt so fucking bad, so bad for her. Do you remember when Rogue got married and Beast made her a cute tennis bracelet that was a power inhibitor? Tennis bracelet? Yeah. So can I ask you? Yeah. Why? Are they I called... don't know. Okay. <laughs> I do remember. Continue. Or, yeah, I think I think it was a bracelet, but um. And then she didn't need it anymore because she got over her powers. But I think that they retcon that so now she can't control her powers again. But we have the technology. Even if it's not the cute little tennis bracelet that gives her a headache and we have, like, to use, like, you know, the bad guy ones that they had, she can do that when she's sleeping because she doesn't have an issue when she's awake. It's just, like, every time she goes to sleep, she does this. Yeah. So I feel like there are better options than keeping her in, like, a fucking aquarium. <laughs> I don't know. No, I agree. So I agree. There's got to be a better a better solution. Maybe in that little bowl that she's in, they're just trying to monitor her right now. And maybe they're going to give her some better fucking solution. Or, I, I don't know. But I do feel bad for her. And I do feel like there is a better solution that they could be putting into effect right now and i hope that they don't put her on the team because there's already way too many people on this team well so what i think about that is is they should they need to break it up a little bit like the cast of characters is one thing but they don't need to all be used in every single situation like like next okay so next they're gonna go after docs right the people behind this fucking website that's literally doxing mutants now not every single one of them that just went on this mission to carnelia need to go on this mission to docs it sounds like some of them are still recovering from Carnelia and are not going to go. And I think that's good. Like, if we want this large cast, it's okay for some of them to pop in and out here and there. But, like, if they're going to go on a mission, don't bring all of them on it. It's, it's just such a large cast to juggle that so many of them are going to get lost in the background. It's like, 
Like, I don't know if Mondo is literally anybody's favorite character, but this entire time, both from Hickman and what Brisson has been doing, Mondo has been present but has gotten next to nothing. This instance in this issue where he got Armor's armor and took Wildside's hand and pushed the claws into Tashi is literally the most this guy has gotten. Like yeah, we don't, Chamber hasn't gotten anything either. Yeah, except for getting called Fireface by Wildside. <laughs> like, what? Like, it's just, it it is too many. I completely agree with you. I don't mind that all these characters are, like, they have the potential to be used, but don't bring them along every single time. But yeah, so so in general, I I really liked this issue. Um, You know, it was a decent resolution. It wasn't a heartwarming one. It wasn't predictable and cliche and all tied up nicely, you know. It It left things open a bit for what could happen to Tashi, and obviously... We're going to have to wait and see what they do with Docs next. So I like the idea of Docs as villains. Um, I've seen some people say that they don't, but I think it works particularly right now. Uh, and it sort of helps illustrate the importance of Krakoa and unity on Krakoa. Like you've got an average mutant who wants to live a quote-unquote normal life. Obviously there are ignorant and hateful people who want to harm them. And I'm not saying that this is a good thing, but I think this makes for, like, an interesting villainous concept, considering we know exactly these kinds of people. Like, on the internet, as Magic says, mouth-breathing, basement-dwelling bloggers. But especially at this moment, when there's this enormous separation of mutant kind from the rest of the world, you've got governments who are scared of this sort of posturing, but what about your, like, everyday incel? finding out that your average mutant wants to live quietly in rural Nebraska or Eastern Europe. Like, this shows the right-wing troll behavior of, you know, people on the internet as an X-Men villain. And so I like the the concept and the execution so far. It's a very real threat. But we don't know who these people are yet. This could end up being stupid and crappy. It depends on what Brisson has planned. And obviously we're going to find out. Um, but I like I like the concept of, of Docs. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like more of what we see happening in real life i think it's a little silly that the website for doxing people is called dox why it's just you like dumb you like when things are explained yes but okay (laughs) yeah no i think that's just kind of like a cop out or something yeah and everything is like something ox so isn't this whole thing called dox now Dawn of X. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I I don't know. Well, it's about to change up with with X of Swords, uh, Ten not. of Swords. Nope. It's X. It socks. It's X O S. It socks. It socks backwards. Sword of X. <laughs> yeah, but it's X of Sword. No. Yes. Jonathan, <laughs> this is oh god, I can't get over how stupid it is <laughs> that they're doing the sword thing. <laughs> And now it's going to be like a huge crossover and not just like its own thing. Yeah, but that's okay because it's going to be, it's it's not like a crossover with like Avengers and Fantastic Four. It's just fucking X-Men books. Yeah, but I didn't want to read the sword thing in the first place. <laughs> really? Yes, because I told you that. It's going to be a giant gator. Ugh. Patty, I'm so excited for the giant gator. Like, I'm pretty ambivalent about this whole sword thing. I think some of the designs of the swords could be neat, but otherwise, I... It is what it is. I'm Why just excited for... Why do any of them need swords? I don't know. To fight the giant gator. <sighs> <laughs> what else are you going to fight a giant gator with? You're going to try to catch him in a net? That's mean. Uh, he... Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. 
So, so this is a thing uh, that I probably would not have caught or even thought of on my own. So, so they speak. So, Carnelia, if you didn't know, it's a fictional country. It's not real; doesn't actually exist. But they speak Russian in Carnelia. So, when Karma says Kosmar, and you see that on the page, it's it's like you know uh, C O S M A R. But apparently, if it's Russian, it's how you know we would in the English language look It'd at be it like as K O C M. It's got like a P on the end. They're... Yeah, because P is R. Okay, see, I'm glad your Eastern European is coming in handy right now, speaking of. Yeah, so, like, before she, uh, like, around the, the last issue, we were talking about this on, on Twitter, and I was like, I really wish the codename Nightmare hadn't already been taken um, by some fucking evil asshole, so she could get it. And so, you know, when I googled Cosmar, it means Nightmare, and I'm like, oh, that's dope. But there's this fucking Twitter account, Krakoa Welcomes, which is a really funny account, by the way, but... Whoever the person is behind this account uh, gave Tashi the code name a month or two before this issue came out and put in the, the Russian letters, whatever the actual... Cyrillic. Cyrillic, that's what it is? Yeah. Yeah, okay, put in Cyrillic, and it was the actual Russian, like, Koshmar, I guess is how you would pronounce it. So that was a little weird that it was given, you know, that Brisson gave her, like, the Romanian name, but it would be Russian, wouldn't it? So that was something that, that, again, if it wasn't for this Krakoa Welcomes account, I don't know if I would have even thought about it. Like, hey, this is Romanian. Why is it not Russian? So I don't know. I still like the name, though. Well, I mean, Eastern European languages are similar. So it could have been also the same in Russian. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how it's actually pronounced in Romanian. But but anyway, so yeah, so it makes sense. So her name is Nightmare. So, so good. And I really fucking hope this isn't the end for her. Uh, all right, so next new comic we're talking about is X-Factor number one, which is a new comic. We're not talking about the one from 1986. Aw. Aw. You missed another 1986 X-Factor? Yeah, it was a good year. With the O5. Yeah, was it? Yeah, I wasn't I, alive yet. I was too. <laughs> it's messed up. Yeah, Reagan. We love yeah, talking about Reagan. <laughs> I am still salty about this. Yeah? Yeah, because it's not by Peter David. Yeah, but they, uh, I guess I guess they all like Leah Williams, and Leah Williams had a, had a pitch for this that they liked. I feel like they should call it something else. Factor X. No. <laughs> they, they can call Factor it three. something else. Mystery organization. I don't know. Yes, mystery organization. Yes, they Mis- solve mysteries. Mystery of X. We'll call it Mox. <laughs> you got some Moxie. You got some Moxie, uh-huh. kid. Yeah. I feel like they can only call it X-Hector anyway just because it has Polaris on it. <laughs> so I really like this issue. I really did. Um, again, it's not perfect. I had a couple of uh, a couple of problems with it, small ones. Um, but I thought it was a super strong setup. Because I don't know if I just had forgotten whatever the previews and solicits had said about this. But I didn't really know what to expect. Like, we knew that Aurora was allegedly dead. You know, I mean, they kept showing, like, the, the process of, like, the first page or so. And so, you know, obviously, North Star is going to want to go find her. But I didn't really know where that was going to lead. And I really, I guess, stupidly was not expecting some sort of uh, investigation team to come out of it. But, yeah, so, I mean, you know, when, when North Star senses that Aurora's dead, he immediately goes to the Five, you know, touches down in front of Hope. And Hope and Egg are there. You can't just cut the line. And Northstar's like, I saw no line, just gift-bearing supplicants. 
Did I not bring you enough presents to make you feel like doing your job? <laughs> He's such an asshole. And that was, like, so perfect. Like, right off the bat, there's such a strong characterization of Northstar, and I love it. Like, there's no reason to dislike the Five. These people are literally resurrecting dead mutants and giving them, you know, another chance at life. And he's just like, do what I want right now. I'm mad. Yeah, I guess since they decided to stupidly change Quicksilver, they had to replace him with a different speed guy who is bitchy. So they're like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, Northstar. Oh, that's that's the game we're going to play. Now, who replaced whom? Yeah. So uh, so this was funny. So then Northstar goes and checks with Sage. She's like, I don't monitor individuals, just transit. And Northstar goes, so you're useless then. And she just got like this really sad face. And Sage is just like, okay, she left in a jet five nights ago through the Vancouver gate. And then Northstar is at the fucking Green Lagoon and he's like bitching to Blob about the, what he calls the haughty little resurrection monkeys. And I thought that that was very, very funny. Uh, and Polaris is there and she's like, you're going about this all wrong. And as they start leaving the Green Lagoon, Dekan is, like, passed out, and he grabs at one of their legs and wants to help, and they just fucking fly off. I have to say here that I hate how they made Dekan look. He is a piece of beef. They He looks like a thumb. Ripe for the eating. I Ripe for the sucking. A thumb ripe for the sucking, <laughs> Patty. That Jonathan, is correct. I hate how he looks. He has no neck. Maybe they wanted to, like, replace Strong Guy with him. Here we go. <laughs> well, I mean, since you brought it up, I mean, his body looks ridiculous. Uh, he isn't hot anymore, and uh, that's sad. What? He's got it. He does not got it. Baby. He got no neck. You've got it. No. I'm your Venus. Incorrect. I'm your fire. No. Your desire. He is not. Patty, we can't all be scrawny blonde boys that look like women, okay? I boy can. <laughs> I love that. I love that. We but we immediately go to, like, you know, recruiting the rest of the team. Like, oh, who else is there going to be? Prodigy just got resurrected, so he's got his powers back. Basically, everyone that they ran into is like, I want to join a team. Yeah, Rachel is trying to get Amazing Baby to poop. Uh, hi, boy. This was hilarious. He was putting googly eyes on his Crocs. That was amazing. That Patty, was cute. Patty, I want to do that. I want to put googly eyes on my Crocs. You don't Patty, have Patty, okay. Patty, Patty. Yeah. I want to cosplay. Hi, boy. Okay. I'm going to put googly eyes everywhere. Okay. Patty, I'm Jonathan. going to put them everywhere. Okay. I need a pair of Crocs. I have a pair. <gasps> they're yellow, but they might not fit you. Oh. They're size seven in women's. Duh. I got to lose weight in my feet. And we'll <laughs> see what happens. So, uh, so yeah, but then Deken follows them all anyway. And so they, they fucking check into this motel that Aurora stayed in in Washington. And, uh, and so it was neat, you know, how they're all sort of using their powers, even though Rachel is like, let me explain my powers for a while. There are a lot of, like, specific and interesting uses of her powers that, you know, writers don't typically use. It's just like, well, she's a telepath. Well, no, she can also do more than that. She can chrono-skim. She's got some... Psych Which I think was just made up this issue. Psychometry. No, I think that these are things that stem from Excalibur, when she was really developed as a character. And I am not very familiar with Excalibur. Still have to get around to that one of these days. I thought it wasn't... Okay, so it wasn't just Rachel here, but everybody in this book was explaining their powers to a degree that was very boring and stupid. And I thought it was a waste of page space. <laughs> and they were really technical in ways that 
didn't make sense. Really? Unless, like, they showed it to you. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like it was way too technical and it got boring because of that. And also, everybody seemed like they could do everything. So I was like, then why do we need half of this team if they can all do the same things? Well, th- to me, it didn't seem like they could all do the same things. I think there was... No, they could get the same results, I mean. I think uh, there was one instance where, like, you know, the Ken's power came in more handy than someone else's would have. I get what you're saying. It was almost like each one of them is used as a plot device. But at the same time, I feel like that was an interesting mix, you know, sort of that their power, their powers helped drive the plot forward. And I think the instances where that you're talking about where it was really like explained in every boring detail, a little bit of that was in the motel. And then some of that came back later (laughs) in the presentation that the team made. But I think I, I don't feel like and part of me is hoping this too. I get why they made that presentation. Um, I don't think it's going to come back every issue, and I don't think it really needs to. I think that the presentation they made about what happened to Aurora to the council was to illustrate the need of this X Factor team to the council so they could be officially sanctioned and go out and do this work. I'm not invulnerable. What are you... <laughs> the total psychic manifestation of my powers. <laughs> yeah, they don't... They don't... X-Men never tells what their powers are every issue. <laughs> I can't touch your skin, though. If I do, I'll absorb <laughs> your memories. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying, and I, I, I appreciate it to a degree. But again, for, for me, like, it didn't hinder this book by too much. It was more of like... To me, it was a way to establish that this team, these characters are going to work well together. Each one of them has his or her own uh, unique purpose. And again, that whole presentation was for the Quiet Council. Because then you had the five there, too. And the five are like, yeah, this would actually help us a lot getting to the bottom of where missing mutants are because we can't have... Like, we need confirmation that a mutant is dead before we can start the resurrection process. So that's, I mean, that's what happened. They did find Aurora's body, and this was incredible. Like, I like David Baldion. I think he's a really great artist. I think he's come a long way um, in the years that I've been seeing his work at Marvel. But, yeah, so the art in here was, was good, but there was one... Except the Ken. But there was one particular panel that was just really fucking dark and really effective... When Lorna's, like, lifting the SUV out of the water, there's this perspective as if it's from the back seat of the car looking out. And so you can see the team standing there, like, through the windshield. And you can also see part of Aurora's dead body, like, the back of her head, where her hair would be. And it's it's dark. And she's literally in there dead. And I just thought that that was a really dark and uncomfortable, but also really effective and amazing panel. That was probably my favorite panel. As as fucked up as it may sound for me to say, that was probably my favorite panel in this book. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. For not running away. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the five agreed to the council that this team is a necessity. You know, they're like, oh, Lorna, so you're going to lead. And Lorna's like, nope. Which is... Bullshit. North Star is going to lead. Bullshit. Because Magneto comes out and confronts her about it. And she's like, if you had to describe my personality, what would you say? And he says nothing. And she goes, exactly. I want to figure Which that out. Which is bullshit because Lorna has such a personality. Yeah. Like her green hair is part of her personality. Oh my God. 
her mistress of magnetism is part of her personality. Her magnetrix, if I may say, uh-huh. is part of her personality. Are you slamming Polaris because she's a woman? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Um, no, I think it's bullshit. I think that Lorna should absolutely lead this team. She is really powerful, and she's a strong woman. And again, here we see, you know, uh, leadership given from a woman who deserves it to a man. So, I don't know. I think, I see I see what you're saying. I see where you're coming from. But also, I feel like this is going to give some interesting characterization to North Star. Hopefully more than just, I'm the angry French-Canadian. You know what I mean? So I'm interested to see that. And I don't feel like this decision is going to sideline Polaris. Um, because North Star even says to her, like, you know, if I'm getting out of order or something, you'll keep me in check. And she's like, absolutely. So I feel almost like she might end up being the co-leader. We'll see. I feel like that's what they said about Jean on X-Force, though. When they were like, oh, Jean is going to keep Beast in check and call him out on his bullshit. And then she was just kind of there in the background and didn't really do anything. And I don't know. I feel like Polaris is going to take a back seat. You know, there's only two women on this team. And then uh, Sausage Fest. I don't know if I'm still being salty or I just didn't enjoy this book as much as I thought I was going to based on the previous things I've read from her. All right. Fair enough. I mean, I get it. Um, I, I understand what expectations can do to a movie or a comic book or a TV show or something. I, I absolutely understand that. Uh, and I'm not saying that your your criticisms and your complaints aren't valid. I'm just trying to look at it from a, a different perspective, I guess, because I did enjoy it. But at the same time, I'm not trying to just excuse everything. Uh, so, so apparently there's going to be the issue of a trans mutant addressed. And I'm wondering if that's going to come up in as a, a victim or if that's going to come up as like someone on the team. I think that would be interesting. Yeah. So I think that that is, that is neat. It's also a pretty gay team. It is a gay team. The women aren't gay, though. Rachel? Well, questionable. I mean, if you take out that R, she's Rachel Gay. <laughs> I mean, it's literally her name. <laughs> <laughs> If you take out the G, she's Rachel Ray. Ugh, put the G back in. That's awful. Oh, God, I hate Rachel Ray. Everybody hates Rachel Ray. She makes really bad dog food. (laughs) I mean, not that I've tried her dog food. Patty. I mean, it's nutritionally bad for dogs. (laughs) And it's called Nutrish, which I fucking hate. Your name is Trish. No. Trish. No, I mean, I just hate that people call it like, oh, that's delish. Shut the fuck up. Fuck up. New Trish Delish? You're Trish the Delish. <sighs> Aw, Trish uh... the Delish. So, uh, but this was neat because, you know, Lorna had just said, all right, fucking, you know, North Star, you're the, you're the leader. But then she was hanging out with Krakoa and they built the fucking, they built the fucking tower. They built the X Factor tower. And Dekan walks up and he's like, you know what this place kind of looks like? I'm calling this place the Boneyard. And I thought that that was funny. Patty, that was funny. It looked like a penis. Bone yard. Get it. I get it. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, I get the penis. And this was great. Prodigy was wearing a Calvin Klein shirt. The crack on letter CK on his shirt. That's stupid. Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein made fucking... He's got a crack on line. Okay. Patty. Jonathan. You don't like it? Uh, I don't know. Somebody said that it should have been um Jumbo Carnation. Uh, and that would have made more sense. Yeah. But also I think about it this way. is if he Jesus was, Christ. He, 
Exactly what I was about to say. You you get what I'm saying. You get exactly what I was thinking. That's I was like, well, somebody's gonna be like, wait, why is he wearing a Jesus Christ shirt? So that was good. And next, uh, next is the Mojo verse, which ugh. All right, fine, whatever. It was it was also kind of interesting too to see how angry Northstar was, and that's completely on brand, and it's understandable why what happened to his twin sister. But also there were a couple of moments where DeKen was like the contrast to that. And, you know, Northstar wanted to get the fucking SUV and Aurora. And DeKen was like, no, let them get it out. Um, he picks up uh, Aurora's body and he's going to go take it for an autopsy. And Northstar starts yelling at him. And he's like, not everyone is your fucking enemy. Like, people are trying to help you. Like, let them help you. So I thought that that was interesting because DeKen has got very weird characterization over the years. And it's always... You know, I mean, it's it's sometimes it's okay, but with some sinister undertones, and then other times it's just outright bad, uh, villainous. And sometimes it's happening at the same time. And so it's sort of interesting to see this, uh, you know, this sort of Deken, where he's still, like, a little shitty, but he's also, like, trying to be helpful, I guess. Maybe because he feels like he has a family now. His daddy issues have been resolved. It's literally what I'm assuming. Seriously. Because I feel like the majority of where his anger... And his, you know, revenge came from, like, his uh, his need for revenge came from for so many years was his fucking daddy issues. And I'm sorry, I have daddy issues, too. Lots of us have daddy issues. It's, it's okay. Uh, not in a sexual way, but, you know, and I feel like now maybe some of that's resolved. So, yeah, so, I mean, I really think that their mission statement is perfect. It's like, sure, mutants can be resurrected, but above that superficial statement, like, you can look at the potential complications for it and this specifically addresses it so i think that's smart it's not just like oh we can resurrect any fucking dead mutant and then there's no conflict that arises it's just that like oh this one's dead let's bring him back i don't know i like how they dramatize that a little bit and uh i thought it was also smart to make this opening personal it wasn't just some random mutant that had died it was north star's twin sister aurora and you know as we know north star is the angry french canadian guy and so it, it just it, it works all right, so the last new comic we're talking about is Marauders number 11, and spoilers, things happened in this comic. Yes. Patty, spoilers. Kate is alive. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey there. Ho there. But before then, they decided... She was not. <laughs> yes. Before then, she was not. And they decided they're not going to have any graveyards on Krakoa. Right. So I don't know what they're doing with the old bodies when people die. Maybe eating them. Why? Why would you Why? say those words? Um, who in particular? Who specifically, Patty, is eating dead bodies on Krakoa? Uh, I want to say Wolverine. <laughs> what? No, so they decide that <laughs> what they should do instead. Wolverine eats dead bodies. Yes. <laughs> So they decide instead what to do with this <laughs> Jewish girl's body oh. is put her on a boat and put her out to sea and burn her. Yeah, isn't that like a Viking funeral or something? It is a Viking funeral, but also there was later in this issue a reference to something Jewish with a number that was important, uh, 18. Yeah. And uh, so it's crazy to me that they knew that but they didn't know that it was against the Jewish religion to be cremated. This isn't, like, just unique to Judaism? 
Uh, I feel like there are other religions too that don't like the idea of cremation and would rather you like be buried. But it is something about Judaism, and I don't know how widespread in the Jewish religion it is. Obviously, because there's different sects of the Jewish religion, and and you know. But yeah, you're you're right. Like why why are they going to make reference to this important number in Judaism at one point, and then also do this in a different point? But then you could bring up, too, that, like, she got tattoos, which uh, you're not supposed to uh, have tattoos in yes. the Jewish religion. I think that that was also probably a mistake. I rationalized it in my mind as her just having a breakdown over the fact that she couldn't use the crack Cohen gates. Because to me, that's exactly what it seemed like. Um, that was her way of dealing with her pain and her rejection from... You know, being able to do this one thing that the rest of her people were able to do. But at the same time, you know, if this is if this is a young woman who is, you know, Jewish and adheres to at least some protocols of her religion, why is she getting tattoos and why is she getting sort of cremated in this sort of Viking funeral pyre? But yeah, for the most part, I, I really, really like this issue. It raised some questions and uh, in some way I was a little annoyed with it too. But, you know, we'll we'll get there. You know, saying there will be no cemeteries on Krakoa is basically like saying, like, we're not leaving mutants dead. Um, just it's un- un- unacceptable. We have the power to bring mutants back. We're going to bring mutants back. Then what do you back. do with the bodies? You already explained it, Patty. Wolverine, <laughs> Wolverine eats them. I don't know where that came from. You still have yet to give an explanation, but I don't know why. It just tickled me a I little bit. I don't know. Bit. I feel like he'd be into four. <laughs> Isn't vor when the person is alive? How is their pleasure? How is I don't it? know. <laughs> I'm not an expert on vor. You better become an expert on uh, vor because gross. Wolverine is canoodling with your baby girl, Jean, and I don't want her getting bit, you know? <laughs> you know, Emma leaves the, the funeral and you have this, this panel of both Ilyana and Rachel turning and scowling at her, again with the gay. Same. <laughs> Someone, uh, someone was was like, "Yeah, why, why would they, why would they do that? Was it because Emma left the funeral early?" And I'm like, "Well, they probably blame Emma for Kate getting killed because you know nobody, other than Lockheed, knows what actually happened to Kate yet. So I'm assuming it's just misplaced anger while they were shooting those dirty looks at her. But she leaves to go sort of yell and cry by herself. You know, that's a, that's a powerful moment. It's it's very interesting to see how." Uh, Emma and Kate's relationship has changed over the years from being literally antagonistic, you know, fucking Emma having Kitty tied up decades ago to now, well, shortly before now, you know, hugging and being close, closer with each other. Um, it's a little sweet. It's a little weird, but it's a little sweet. But then Lockheed shows up and that's, that's great. Perfect. Fucking perfect. Emma is like, show me. And you just get this one panel of Shaw with his fucking net gun. And she fucking Emma turns to Diamond and is like, he will suffer, he will pay. Patty, I cannot wait to see Emma. He will suffer, he will pay. I cannot wait to see her make that happen. So then, you know, they show there's this this page of Xavier's remarks. And a few words in particular jumped out at me. She was a true friend that would let you know when you were being a jerk about Kate. True friend. Mm-hmm. Jerk. Wasn't that on a data page? I'm yeah, so glad yeah, I needed but, a data page for that. Yeah, it was Xavier's remarks. Yeah, I don't usually read those. 
Did you read this one? I don't remember. I usually skip it. I read Boom Boom's one because it said Boom Boom. <laughs> uh, but no, I usually skip these pages. All right. Well, this was a good one because okay. it, it had those, those... They needed that page. Yes. Because they couldn't draw it. For true friend and for jerk. Who, Actually, Patty... What comic book readers want to see pictures? It's lame. Just give me the words on a page. Actually... It would have been funny if this had been illustrated a little bit. Yeah. If he were saying it he and they like showed the, the past. <laughs> he could have done the face. Yeah. And the pointing. Yeah. <laughs> I would have enjoyed that. I don't know what they would have done for true friends. Maybe uh, they could have showed uh, an image of the queen, the queen of England. She was, uh, she was a hero. She was a hero in that book. X-Men True Friends. What? Yeah. It was a miniseries. Okay. Like in the late 90s, early 2000s. We, she I, was so old then. No, 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 no. Time travel, Patty. Okay. They traveled back in time. So the current queen, but when she was younger. Yeah. Okay. She was young. She was a hero. She helped the the X Men in that book. It's been a couple of years. It's it's been a couple of years. I've never since heard I looked of at that. that. Yeah. Um. Oh God. They, they fucking okay. This is when it happens. There was the X Men wedding special from a couple of years ago. You know when yeah, yeah, yeah. when Kitty and Colossus were yeah, getting married yes. and. There was Chris Claremont wrote one of the short stories yes, in yes, that yes. book, and they were all references to things he had written. Yeah, and one of them was X Men True Friends, where like I guess uh, Kitty and Rachel I think had traveled back in time to like the 30s or some shit. And so yeah, there was a young before she was the Queen of England, and she was like helping the two of them fight the villains. I don't remember very much about it because I I read through this explanation of it because I don't fucking own it. I what? But but yeah, so that's the thing. Is the thing. Okay. True Friends. Okay. X-Men True Friends. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so we've been getting these random reports from the X-Desk on data pages throughout these issues I of Marauders. I have been reading. Uh, it's weird. Um, and so so Storm visits this woman on the subway, is what it looks like. This woman in a wheelchair. Her name is Dolores. Um, we don't know what company this is, though. Uh, somebody's sort of, you know, keeping... It's like this, this X-Desk. They're keeping tabs on Krakoa and mutants and... Apparently, Verendi was going to distribute Krakoan medicine that was poisoned, so it was going to cause an international incident. But this woman, Dolores, sent a message to Kate about it, so Kate was able to stop that from happening. The real Krakoan medicine was switched, so everybody was okay. No, they avoided an international in- incident, all because of Dolores from the X desk. And Storm went there to thank her, and that was really cute. And um, yeah, I was really confused by that. Yeah, this whole X desk thing has been a little weird so far, and so now, okay, there's a little bit. More of an explanation to it. So she belongs to some organization. Um, and they're literally... They, they're not just keeping tabs. This woman is trying to help. And she did. And and it's great. Where is that going to go? I don't know. But it's nice to Does see... Does that mean that I have to go back and read these ask desk things? That is exactly what that means, Patty. Bullshit. That is what you have to do. You have to do your X homework. Homework of X. Hawks. Oh, we already to, have a Hawks. I have to go to my... X of my... houses. I have to go to my X desk. Take XOD. Out my X pencil. Yes, XOP. And take some notes on my X pad. Yeah, XOP. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean whatever. I just honestly like. I thought it was neat because it's it's like so we've we've seen a few different human responses to Krakoa, right? We've seen. Like, overt fear and hatred, which does the X-Men we're going to have. We've seen sort of... Fetishization. We've seen the fetishization with the whole fucking cults popping up. 
We've also seen, you know, this sort of covert racism, like when they had that fucking economic meeting and you had, like, uh, leaders from different countries, like, giving mutants shit for having their borders closed and things like that. Where are the allies? And so it's nice to see these, what what we understand so far anyway, these allies with pure intentions trying to help, like Dolores. Dolores was trying to help, and she did. So I think that's a neat aspect that this touched on, is like, you know, these normal human allies of mutant kind. So it looks like the we, we get a little bit more uh, explanation of what the five have been doing with Kate. They can create this husk, but it never gets the spark of life and emerges from the egg. So what is Emma going to do now that she's there? She puts her hand on the egg and Kate, Kate reaches for it, and then her hand reaches out. So she doesn't break out. She phases out. And then Charles uploads the Kate data into the husk. And there's this one page that is literally one of the cutest pages. Like Stefano Caselli did okay somewhat on the art in this issue. I was not the biggest fan. But there was this one page where Kate sees Lockheed. She's smiling. She goes, I love you, boy. And then Emma. And like the last panel on that page is like, Emma holding Kate, and she's looking up, all cute. The last thing I remember is you kissing me at the Red Keep. And Emma goes, yes, I do have that effect on people. That was a very cute page, Patty. Even if you don't like Emma, it was a cute page, I think. I would like to think that Patty thought it was cute, too. You can like to think whatever you want. (laughs) So, who was it? I think it was Egg that said, oh, it only took us a hundred times. And then Eva goes, actually, it was 18. And Kurt, he's got this weird face. He goes, 18? Is that right? And uh, she goes, yeah, is that a problem? And he goes, no, no problem at all. And so that, that made me think. That made me think something was, was a little askew. Yes. At 6 o'clock in the morning when I was reading this. I was like 18. What does 18 have to do with anything? Why is Kurt there? Why is Kurt saying this? What is the significance? And I'm like, all right, so this is probably a thing, considering Kurt is religious, considering he just made a thing over the number 18, and considering Kate is Jewish. So I googled uh, significance of 18 in Judaism, and what Google gave me was, um, I'm sorry if I mispronounce anything, uh, gematria, a form of Jewish numerology, the number 18 stands for life, because the Hebrew, Hebrew letters that spell chai, meaning living, add up to 18, because 36 equals 2 times 18, it represents 2 lives. But we've never seen number 36. Yeah, but but this is two lives. Kate, her life before, and now she's reborn. This is two lives. So anyway, so I thought that that was, uh, that was interesting. Uh, I'm not the smartest person. Uh, I am not a smart person. There is very little that I know about religion, um, just because I've literally never cared enough to know anything. But I thought that was interesting, and it actually did remind me at a couple of points in my life um, that the number 18 is significant in, in Judaism. You know, like going to... Uh, bar and bat mitzvahs when I was a kid and, you know, giving money. And uh, I remember, um, you know, giving it in denominations of, of 18. So, so then, you know, Kate knows that Shaw went after her. Um, she's like, he struck first or something like that. And uh, Emma's like, oh, we'll talk about it privately. And so it says next rebirth. And so she's got her, you know, the preview image of the next issue is she's got her curls back and fists out, and it says kill Shaw instead of hold fast. And I love that. I really don't like Dodderman. <laughs> yeah, the next issue, the art 
uh, I thought it was fandom because it looks like uh, like a kid made it with the with the knuckles that say Killshot. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. I thought somebody just made really fast fan art. I did not think that was a real cover. And then you said it was a real cover, and I was like, wow. <sighs> Overall, I I liked this issue. But so here's here's the thing, and, and this is sort of like muddy territory because how how do how are we as X Men fans supposed to feel about this? Since we and and not just we as X Men fans, we as comic book readers, we know that death is never really permanent, and now we've said that explicitly where Hickman has taken us that you can't just kill off a character and have that be the fucking plot. There has to be something more. Okay, well, that's literally what Duggan did here. He killed off a character, and it wasn't to just kill off a character. It was to do something more. And there are people complaining that it was too quick. Yeah, it was like three issues. And it turned out to be, you know, because of the the delay, because of the shutdown, it turned out to be like six or seven months total that she was actually dead. But how, like, do we, are we supposed to complain about that? Where choir is getting killed every issue and then he's just immediately brought back like we're like i don't know like where like is this a fine line that people are trying to walk or because i'm trying to honestly i don't know how to feel about this it, it part of me is like no this is ridiculous it was so fast but at this at the same time it's like well okay well resurrection is a thing and jerry duggan tried to throw a monkey wrench into that by making us think that something was wrong with kate that perhaps she wasn't a mutant Right? Because first, he set up that Kate can't use the gates. Something is wrong here. She can't use the gates. Well, okay, then maybe she's not a mutant. Maybe she's this, or maybe she's that, or who the fuck knows. Lots of conspiracy theories I've bought into as well. But then suddenly, she's dead, right? So And she can't be resurrected. So now, Kate can not only not use the gates, but she's dead and can't be resurrected. What does this mean? More conspiracy theories. So this was an interesting thing Duggan did to the fandom. Make us kind of scratch our heads and be like, wait, what's actually going on with Kate? So it's not, for me, it's not so much the fact that it was that, okay, only six or seven months and she was brought back. It's kind of the ride that we had in the meantime. What were we thinking? What was I thinking? You know, I was thinking Kate couldn't use the gate purposely. You know, that Xavier, Eric, probably Cypher was in on it too, made it so that, People who could phase can't use the gates because they may accidentally find more Moira and we don't want that to happen. So I don't know. I don't care too much that it's been six or seven months and then she was brought back to life. I thought the ride towards this was an interesting one because it made us think. It made us scratch our heads. It made us come up with explanations and conspiracy theories. I think the problem I have is with why she couldn't initially come back. You're telling me that all it took was somebody to put their hand on and get little baby husk Kate to reach her hand out so she could phase out of the egg? Yeah. She was just drowning in there every time. She wouldn't come out because she couldn't break out. She had to phase out? But I feel like she could have just phased out. But the husk in there didn't phase out. Everybody breaks out. That's what I'm saying, though. Yeah, it seems too (laughs) simple for me. Right? Um, Yeah. And, like, her touching her hand would have had no impact on the husk. It was just, yeah, it wasn't that the, the hands touched. It was that she saw a hand and the husk wanted to reach out to it. it didn't, I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. Um, I thought it was kind of lame unless it was Emma doing something to keep her back. Oh, um, I, I don't, don't know. The I mean, uh, 
that was a little too simple and a little too silly. Again, I like I like that Kate is back, right? I like that because I feel like this is building towards this larger picture of Shaw being a piece of shit, you know, and Emma having what she wants to happen and having more control of the Hellfire Company than Shaw and Shaw being resentful because he hates Emma and he wants more control and Shaw tried to sabotage Emma by killing Kate and now Kate's back and okay great we're gonna see Emma and we're gonna see Kate and they're probably I guarantee you they're not gonna come right to the fucking council and be like Shaw did this you know I have telepathic proof from Lockheed they're probably gonna play it close to the vest they're gonna keep it a secret and they're gonna come up with some sort of a plan this is what I imagine anyway to just slowly break Shaw's balls off and I can't wait to see that you know, before they finally just fucking neuter that bastard. I can't wait to see that. Um, so the bigger picture is what I'm, I'm what I'm looking at here. But this whole thing with Kate not being able to be hatched because she needed to phase out was silly. I looked back just because I wanted to make sure I knew. You know that Shinobi has pretty much the same power as Kate does. He burst out of the egg. Why did that husk burst out and Kate's not? I don't know. I have I have no reason, no explanation. No, I like what I really like Marauders. I like what Duggan's been doing uh, um, with this book. I like how there are these smaller plots of like the Marauder and you know getting the Krakow and drugs, but it's really like there's this bigger picture of like an Emma versus Shaw thing sort of going on, and they've got their chess pieces in play. And I love Kate as this fucking pirate, and she's a little bit more reckless because she can't stand that she can't go through the gates. Uh, obviously, uh, it should go without saying that I love that Pyro is featured in this as a hero. I love that. It's just it's this one thing. This this sort of irks me, but I guess we'll we'll see where Duggan decides to take it next, what he addresses in the next issue, if anything. I don't know. I mean, after all this, would you say that Marauders is still your favorite book? Do you feel like this issue was, was weaker than the others? Do you think Kate should have stayed dead for longer? I do think that she probably should have stayed dead for longer, and... I mean, I I did really like this book, but I feel like it's become too much about Emma, and I don't like her, <laughs> so that's kind of like a turnoff, but I don't know, maybe when the stuff goes down with Shaw, then she'll kind of maybe take a back seat. I don't know. I don't feel like that's going to happen. So I don't know if it's still my favorite. I was really enjoying uh, Hellions, but we only got like... Two, two issues. issues of that. Yeah. Um, there was a long time in between. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess so. Because, I mean, none of the other books really stick out to me that much. Hmm. We'll see. Okay. Fair enough. So that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. And on Twitter at... Mutant Musings, what did you think of the first issue of X-Factor? And are you happy that Kate's returned already? Join us in two weeks for another new episode, and again in one month for our summer series finale. And until then... Kate was right. Blech.